I sometimes do special things to my victims. Things that are creative. Of course, it takes knowledge, pride in your work. For example, a decapitated head can continue to see for approximately 20 seconds. So when I have one that's cocking, I always hold it up so that it can see its body. It's a little extra I throw in for no added charge. <laughs> I must admit it makes me chuckle every time. It's a wonderful life, in fact. This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. You know, Wackerly, I'm Wackerly. <laughs> Wackerly, it is good to have you back. I'm surprised you actually showed up tonight. You know, I was expecting a phone call like 30 minutes earlier just saying, yeah, I can't make it in tonight. Um, got to go to prison for another <laughs> conjugal visit. Go to a prison. It has a different connotation so, than so, I've got to go to prison. Dude, I had to bribe Captain Carl with a bag of shitty weed to get him to do the podcast. So wh- where the hell were you? You well, owe the, the fans show, that. the show sounded all right, but yeah, it was totally my fault. It was just poor plan. It was a big week. Like the Obama election deal. And then yeah, it was uh, election I forgot, night the night before. and then I forgot that I had to go to this prison at 4 a.m. Did, did you forget about the legions of fans that just anxiously await to hear your voice once a week? Um, I felt a little bit bad about not being here for you. <laughs> I felt nothing <laughs> for the fans. Dude, a couple they people... They got a show out of it. They got to hear about Hot Carl or whatever his name is. Captain Carl. And you know, I am grateful to Captain Carl for taking time out of his busy schedule to come in here and uh, sub a show here on Sick and Wrong. He was actually... He did a good job. A lot of people said uh, uh, he sounded pretty cool, although they were apprehensive about the fact that um, he smokes weed and flies planes. I don't know why. Not simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, he doesn't do it at the same time. So, so Wackerly, you went to another prison? Yeah, I got to go to Corcoran, uh, and other people might know that as the current residence of a Mr. Charles Manson. <laughs> Where's Corcoran Prison? That's a state prison, right? Or federal? Federal. State. state. Oh, okay, state prison. Which is odd. I guess that was a state crime then, right? Yeah, it was California. It wasn't across crime. state lines or anything. It was just murder yeah. in the state of California. Level four security. Level I didn't four. get to meet him or anything, or I would have given him a, a sticker or a t shirt. So what did you go there for? Oh, to bulbs? look at some equipment. No, it wasn't light bulbs this time. It was more more technical than that. <laughs> so you went down you there want me to, to get go... into it? No, I, I, I don't want to be bored. Good. So uh, you went down there to survey equipment. Did you ask your escort or your guard or whatever that, uh, you know, can I see Manson? No, I did ask him, because we didn't actually even have to go inside the prison. This was much more low-key visit, because we were just on the roofs of these buildings. I did ask them which building he was in, and they were like, well, he's in one of these, this wing over here. Did you ask him if they ever actually, you know, if they bring him his lunch, or do they speak to him? they have any no, contact the, with him? No, the woman I was with, um, she said that, you know, after all these years, she's never been into 
into where he lives or seen him or anything. So the, he's he's in like the area that he's in is totally um, everybody's isolated. Nobody ever gets out of there. So cell. he's completely isolated. Yeah. So, so separate, like separate from the uh, general pop. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other people in there in that same building as him. They're all they're all isolated. So no, I mean they don't want. I'm him. sure he's not the baddest dude in there. I'm sure there's somebody much worse than. Yeah, but if they, if he makes in the general pop, someone would probably kill him, and then they could have the reputation of killing Charles Manson. Probably, yeah. I mean, he might be protected by the Klansman. He kind of has that white power thing. Doesn't going he have on. like a swastika yeah. embedded in his forehead? You yeah. think they'd be impressed by that? Yeah. So, not the Jewish prisoners, but I don't yeah. think <laughs> I think the Jewish gangs might get to him. Yeah. So, you know, I was, you know, I thought that the reason, the true reason, because that you didn't end up showing up for the, that you flaked on the show was that you were emotionally distraught over Obama's win. And I thought you were like, you know, overcome with emotion and you need to take a few days off. Uh, well, we went out to a bar on Tuesday night that was serving free beer if you had your like voter stub. So my emotions were were feeling pretty good that night. So <laughs> regardless you were... <laughs> of what happened, <laughs> but don't, have you been listening to any interviews or whatever with that? Like I was listening to um, Meet the Press and Brokaw was asking some African American <laughs> politician. He was like, "So what were your feelings on uh, the night of uh, November fourth?" And uh, they were like, "Oh, my eyes were tearing up." Uh-huh. And Jesse Jackson was yeah, crying. Yeah, they had Jesse, and, and they had Oprah. Yeah, she gave a hand job to some like guy <laughs> sitting next to her. But yeah, I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> if it's like if people ask you, it's like, what? Do, what were you feeling? Well, I got fucking shit face. No, to be honest with you, I mean, I can't. So you, I've me getting drunk that night was celebration of the end of this fucking two year campaign thing. It's, Two it's years, longest campaign in history. Just, oh, God, so annoying. And that's I haven't watched anything after that night because I don't give a fuck anymore. Well, one interesting statistic that uh, I just read today is that gun sales have surged after Obama's election. And uh, so I assumed that you were spending time with your new firearm <laughs> in your apartment, locked in there. She's shooting cans. And I, I don't up. mean to burst this out in the open here, but enjoying your newfound singlehood. Oh, in your apartment, right. we should I didn't mean to drop that. that bomb here, but I, this is what I assumed, that you got drunk, you had your gun, you're holed away up in your apartment in Oakland, masturbating to tranny porn because now you're single. No, I would, you wouldn't have gotten a call <laughs> if that were the case. I just wouldn't have showed up. No, it was a work thing. I, do, I have heard this gun thing, and it's kind of, because I never, I'm still trying to buy that gun. You haven't bought a gun yet? No, but I'm, I'm, now I'm thinking that there's a deadline coming up, because like if everybody's saying, if everybody else is doing it, like, oh, we better buy guns before some restrictive law gets passed, so like maybe I should get off my ass and do well, it. Well, it's too. a strange coincidence. I don't understand. What, do you, what are people predicting here? That the, uh, the blacks are going to run wild? No, no, they're predicting it's not just race o- war. It's not just Obama. It's the whole. It's Obama plus the Democratic surge in in the uh, Congress. They think that like laws are going to get passed, like they have. Oh, that you, you know, won't be able to buy a gun in Washington D.C. It's going to be like, well, we're banning handguns, you know, unless there's some dire need or something. So when are you going to get yours? I don't know. I got to get out. It's it's like a big process. I got to like like buckle down and just do it because you got to go and you got to go apply and then they do the background check and then I I guess I have the money. I'll just take it out of my savings account. But I just so got to get off my was, ass. And what do was it. preventing you before the uh, sheer, the old lady? Sheer laziness. But I mean, no, was it no. the old lady? Was she no, opposed she no to you having say a gun? Over what I do with my money? She doesn't care. <laughs> so she but she didn't care that you're bringing a firearm in the house. I think. She knew that it would be futile to say anything about it. What I, if you pulled it out during sex play? 
Uh, that's just too hypothetical for me to even. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no. Is that bar- why you guys broke up? I have no. I have no <laughs> basis of reference. No, no. I don't have the gun yet. I keep telling you that. It's sheer laziness. So the only reason I don't have it yet is just sheer, sheer laziness. Okay, so you haven't got it yet. Well, gotta, you know, I think time is running out. Maybe this weekend I'll go out, drive out to Martinez, which is like the closest gun store. So I didn't mean to drop the bomb on you, but uh, do do you mind talking about the re- the newfound singlehood? Are you enjoying it? I know, and I know it's a little late because we had our breakup podcast back in August. I know why we why do we we're so late? I don't know. Is gay a word that I can use here? That we both break up with girls within like what two months of each other? Does that apply? And we that, both does started, that term apply? You can, I don't know. That, yeah, it's not the right. Yeah, I don't word. know if that's it's gay. Just, it's just, just lame. Lame. We're like two little fucking podcast twins. It's annoying. Yeah, but how can you like, predict something like that? How can you predict the fickle mind of a woman? Seriously, dude. Well, maybe, their attitudes change maybe, according to their menstrual Maybe psychologically, flow. subconsciously, you broke up, and then I like you know subconsciously subverted my relationship to like so. So you so wait you you're saying that you sabotage your own relationship sabotaged, because you're right. jealous of my I don't singlehood. Know. I'd like I'd like to think that that didn't happen. Well, I did it first, bitch. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'd like to think that that didn't happen. That I wasn't so sycophantic that like I have to be single because you you're I single. Think- and I don't think that is what happened. <laughs> I think the divorce was coming along long before I broke up. Yeah, you're probably right. So, so it's technically you guys live together. So it was kind of Not like technically. No, you did act- okay. factually. So, no, I'm saying technically it was like a divorce because you guys live together. Yeah. How long did you live together? Two years? A year? Well, one year exactly. We'd been dating for two years, but then uh, we'd lived together one year exactly. And I think she was just waiting for that one year mark to be like, "Yeah, this here. really does suck." Well, you know, dude, that's what I wonder, if, if living together is the death knell for any relationship. Well, I she, think it is. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do it. I think if she, her whole thing is she wanted to go back to Los Angeles, right? So so she moved up here for you, lived yeah. here with you for a year. Didn't like Oakland, didn't like make friends with a lot of people. She was starting to make friends with people and, uh, you know, it didn't. It just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the the cost benefit analysis. The benefit would be whacker cock. <laughs> the cost would be being away from all her friends in L.A. Was tipped pretty far, and we know which direction that tips. <laughs> so she was just like, "I'm willing to forsake the whacker cock to yeah. hang out with my friends, right? To ha- be able to hang out with her friends and be around her family and be so, in L.A., which she apparently likes better than Oakland." So was it one of those breakups that was just like, "Okay, I'm out of here, bye," or was it one of those breakups that were like, "Okay, after several tearful, tear-soaked conversations, we're we're finally breaking up, but I have to live with you for the next month <laughs> until you finally fucking move out of my house." Well, it's funny that you should bring that up. First of all, I don't do the tear-soaked. <laughs> Breakup. I, I could just I'm picture. Too, I could picture your sociopathic breakup. No, yeah, no, I'm done. way too old to do that. And I don't <laughs> date. And I and I don't date girls who do the tear soak breakup. Like maybe like one like watery eyes for five minutes is fine. But no, none of this fucking sobbing. Are you shit. like what's with the waterworks, yeah. woman? Pull yourself together, <laughs> smack like. Smacker like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. Yeah. No, and it was a fight that we'd been having and reconciling like two or three times. And then this was this final time the fight came up and I was just like, I'm sick there's nothing this. I can do. The fight's over. We've had it. We've tried to reconcile. It doesn't work. So it was, I guess, a mutual breakup. Although that's what the person who gets dumped always says that it was mutual. <laughs> the person who dump, who's the dumper is always like, yeah, I got rid of that motherfucker. Yeah, but you know, I'm thinking in this case, it sounds mutual because it just wasn't working out. 
Yeah, and 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 people have been asked. Other people that I've told, they're like, "How are you holding up?" And it's just like, well, I there's mean, no point in being in a relationship where one of the people is unhappy because it's just it's bad for both people. Per, and it's know. it's not going to be remedied in yeah. the future. And the thing there's, is, there's there are those dudes who like will try and keep the woman no matter what. Like even if he's got to like beat the shit out of her and be like, "You're not going anywhere," or get walked all over. And you know, I mean, there's yeah that that too. So, but it's not like your ex girlfriend was like a crazy cokehead going out and sleeping with. Different no, she was completely she, she was yeah. completely irrational about the breakup. And yeah, I, and it like, just wasn't and I, working and that's out. why I had to say, like, well, I see where you're coming from, and I guess that's the way it is. That's why I think it's truly mutual. Right. I mean, and so so then then how long did you have to live with her before she eventually? Oh moved yeah. So she out? so she tells me like you know this Friday morning when I'm going to work like well it's over and then uh, and then I'm like okay well what happens now like well, are you moving out today? No, two weeks from now. <laughs> Awesome. So two weeks. <laughs> two weeks of living in this fucking little apartment with, you know, the girl a one bedroom who, your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. So what happened? Where'd you sleep? Did you sleep in bed with her? No, I you... don't do that. On the couch. You slept? Dude, why didn't you make her sleep on the couch? Who's be- who owned the bed? Well, I don't know. I guess I did. It's some old shitty bed I had. Well, why didn't you say you got to sleep on the couch? I'm a gentleman. <laughs> so you took the couch. Plus, actually, truthfully, I stay up really late at night drinking and watching TV. So you know, if she's sleeping on the couch in front of the TV, what am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. I, I guess that, that makes sense. It all worked out. You're self-serving. It was your decision. Sure. No, but you know what was weird? I remember when uh, it was a couple breakups ago. <laughs> it's a few <laughs> years ago. But I remember the one of the, the only uh, relationships I've had where it actually kind of worked out. We were together for like five years. And we lived together for a good three years. Uh-huh. And I remember towards so that's the end way, of it. That's way, I mean, I lived with this girl for one year. Yeah, no. Three we were, years this is much deeper My involved. previous girlfriend I lived with for three years before it ended. It was a difficult a de- different detachment dynamic. process. Yeah. yeah. But I remember we broke up and we had to kind of write out the rest of the lease on the apartment. So we had to live together for like a month and a half. <laughs> and it was just really strained, to say the least. I mean, I ended up sleeping on the couch some of the nights just because I just didn't feel like going into the bedroom waking her right. up. Right. And uh, back then I was working at the strip club and it was just kind of awkward. But one thing I remember is having just like really... Coke dust and stripper sweat all over your upper lip when well, you come home. Yeah, I would have that. And then I'd have to like take a shower to try to like hide it. But no, I remember just having like the spontaneous sex acts in the kitchen or just in the bathroom randomly. Just and not even planned, just had sex. You Just kind of brutal, sort of savage sex. Just fulfilling the need. Was and she then, consenting to this? Or like, what do you, no, what no. Do you she would like sometimes initiate it. Just all of a sudden, you just start okay. fucking. So you just said no, no, but you mean yes, yes. She was consenting. Oh, it no. Like you, no, okay. I'm, what I'm saying, yes, she definitely, yes, it was yeah, definitely consensual. Was consensual. But I mean, it was just really spontaneous, like just primal sex and then to fulfill a need. And then we went talk to each other afterwards. It was yeah. just like separate rooms. I didn't get any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't get one last like fucky fuck? No, I... I didn't even. I didn't think that. I thought it only happened on TV where people break up and they fuck each other before they like say their last goodbye. Dude, that you really should... happens. Yeah, oh. I mean, uh, I, I... doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you enjoying the newfound singlehood? Uh well, I mean, in, to paraphrase Paul Simon, to paraphrase Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, "Hello, vodka, my old friend." <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, why yeah, you we... can do whatever you want. Nobody can say any shit about it. Dude, yeah, you can great. play as many video games as you want. You can watch as much tranny porn as you want. You can get as many firearms as you want. Yeah. And you can drink as much as you want now. 
The only thing it's liberating. The only thing that I was being prevented from was the tranny porn before. <laughs> the tranny porn. Yeah, the other things <laughs> that she had no restrictions on. So. Well, you know, I think that's a good Although thing. Although maybe my doing those things is what ultimately led to the breakup. <laughs> that could have been. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the mind of a woman, but uh, is it really fun to like date an alcoholic podcaster? <laughs> Dude, you'd think she'd be impressed by the podcast. You'd I thought that's how you got in your pants in the first place. <laughs> you would think. No. I don't maybe that's think why so. I'm deluded. Well, people, this is episode 148 here of Sick and Wrong. Uh, a quick recap of last week's show, episode 147, the show where Wackerly was absent from. Uh, once work, again, I'd broke like to up, thank uh, Obama. <laughs> those, <laughs> those are my excuses. Those are three valid excuses. Yeah, not in that order, but some other. I'd like order. to give a, a big shout out to Captain Carl for filling in. And uh, people, you know, we did actually have a pretty good turnout. I know a lot of people were voting for Obama. You know, the night before, kind of sick of voting, but yeah, people I was still <laughs> voted for us. Of, I was like, I voted enough this week. Yeah. So, um, if you recall, I did a story about a trick-or-treat disaster. Did you hear about that, Wackerly? The kid went over to that dude's house and oh, yeah, unloaded an, awesome an AK- AK-47. Um, Captain Carl did a story about a man from Minnesota who was killed about five times. Killed like five, five different, times? Yeah, just five times over. I mean, they just, so he's uh, like a cat? No, I mean, they like used... I mean, they they ran him over. They lit him on fire. Oh, right. they, yeah, okay. I mean, they made sure the job was done right. Gotcha. Definitely, uh, very thorough. Uh, listener sent in a story about the biggest Dexter fan in Canada. This guy actually emulated Dexter exactly. I just heard about that today murder. on like a mainstream radio station. Dude, but they're always insane. like two weeks behind. Yeah, and this this actually happened a couple weeks ago. I think it was last week. But uh, no, I guess you can actually go tour the garage. Where the guy committed the murder. I mean, he had it decked out exactly like Dexter would. Okay, but here's the thing that I, that I didn't get from the radio program I was listening to. Was the guy that he killed some nefarious character? Because that's Dexter's whole thing, is he kills no. people who have it coming. So it was, that's like the primary thing you're supposed to do if you're emulating Dexter. Dude, it was some like unsuspecting Burke that he found right off of Craigslist. <laughs> that's my favorite new uh, term of abuse, Burke? by the way. Yeah, I'm going to try to use Burke as many times as I can throughout this show. Do you know what it means? No, I, th- I think it just means tool. No, it's uh, Cockney rhyming slang. So it, it's, uh, it's short for Berkshire Hunt. Which is some fox hunt or something. Berkshire hunt? Yeah, and that rhymes with cunt. So when you're calling somebody a Burke, you're calling them a cunt. I had no idea. Where did you figure this out? Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I love watched, the Cockney rhyming slang, but I did never config. I could never figure it out. I watched. I, never I watched know any the Mighty the Boosh, and they always call people Burks. Yeah, somebody and, uh, BK on the forum has been calling people Burks. <laughs> oh yeah, I love the term. I had no idea. So it's it's basically it's Cockney rhyming slang for cunt. Yeah, it also yeah. for me because I live right next to Berkeley, and most of the people who live in Berkeley are douches. So are Burks? Yeah, they're Burks. Yeah, they're all Burks in Berkeley. Especially people who attend that uh, esteemed institution. So anyway, this yeah, this guy from Dexter uh, put up a fake ad on Craigslist saying I was a hot. He's a hot chick in a garage, and uh, some Burke answered the uh, the ad. He ends up going over to the garage. The dude greets him in a hockey mask and hacks him up. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls him in in like uh, yeah like. You wrapped them up in tape, just like Dexter. <laughs> the lesson being, don't meet chicks on the internet yeah. to have sex in a garage. <laughs> exactly. Although, Dexter doesn't wear a hockey mask. That's why this guy's like the Canadian Dexter. Yeah. So, believe it or not, I ended up actually taking episode 147 with a 94 votes. Listener came in a close second, though, with 88. And uh, Captain Carl, you know, I know it's your first time on Sick and Wrong, but you did come in third. 
with uh, 52 votes. That's a lot respectable of first showing. Yeah, it was a it was a very respectable uh, first showing. I probably I won't even beat that this week myself. <laughs> I've been on 146 <laughs> episodes. So. Well, a couple people uh, wrote in about uh, the story that I did, the trick or treat disaster, and said that's the best way to teach your kids a lesson about childhood obesity. Kill them? <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's just like you know, if you're gonna shove a lot of candy in your mouth. Watch what will happen if you go answer some like stranger's door. Yeah, it's kind of like that show, that game show, um, Let's Make a Deal. <laughs> they just picked the wrong door that night. So, people, this is episode 148 here, Sick and Wrong. You know the way the show works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card submission with the listener. Uh, submission. So uh, you can send that to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com or submit it directly through the forum. Uh, Wackily, since actually before we start this, I forgot about this. Let's, uh, we have some whiskey to do a shot. We got to do a shot. Uh, can you make air quotes when you say whiskey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay. By whiskey, I mean garbage. <laughs> So Poison? this is from this isn't our normal Jim Beam or or moonshine that we drink. This is well. I want to make a shout out to uh, uh, this shot's going out to Sleazy E, who's been on the show a couple of times. He just got back from Thailand. He was in Thailand for two weeks. Said he was visiting a lady. Yeah, anytime anybody think, goes to Thailand, it, it's implied that they're having sex with young boys. Yeah, young boys or lady boys. <laughs> or lady boys. And you know, I, I've seen pictures of this girl, and I don't know. It's like. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she had a cock and balls. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, uh, uh, Sleazy goes down there and he's like, I got you guys a gift for the show. And he brought back some Thai whiskey, which is funny because it's the exact same Thai whiskey that we had drank. When was that? Like a year and a half ago when our yeah. friend Vinny went to Thailand? Vinny came back from Thailand and brought us this. And the I, same bottle, same label. It's the, I, I, He said it's the most prevalent whiskey out there. It's like that's what the uh, proletariat drinks. It smells so, nothing like whiskey. It smells like... It smells like rubbing alcohol. Or with maybe some Southern Comfort thrown in for good measure. Yeah, like rubbing alcohol <laughs> mixed with Southern Comfort. So anyway, I'm going to do this shout out here to uh, Sleazy E. I want to put it in my stomach just because I don't want to smell it anymore. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Cheers. God damn, dude. You know, it's rice whiskey. That's why it tastes like it's the worst medicine you've ever had. Oh, it's gross. Uh, thank you, Sleazy E. Uh, that's worse than the fucking moonshine. I like the moonshine. <laughs> I don't like this. It's going to take us a, lot, I think a while the moonshine's to get better. It. Did we get through the entire other bottle? Yeah, I think the moonshine's gone. <laughs> no, no. The uh, the previous uh, Thai whiskey bottle. I think we did, right? I'm not, yeah, I think we eventually killed it. But it was, oh. it was, we were hard pressed to kill that thing. I remember there's a lot of anguish yeah. going on there. So, Wackerly, I believe um, since you flaked on the show last week i think you should kick off episode 148 here with your story as everybody knows i have a hard time picking stories nowadays (laughs) What, what, why it's is not, that? It's not a fault of, my, a fault of my own. It's because I've completely become desensitized to these things. I read like 15 of them before I come into the show, and I'm just like, I don't know which one's best. So what I'm trying to do is establish rules and like guidelines for myself. And as you know, I'll do any story about uh, like a fast food restaurant with hygiene problems. Diaper fetishes. I'll do any story about diaper fetishes. And then here's another thing. <clears throat> if we've done... I, I, some, one of my problems is I realize stories. I'm like, well, that's just like the other one we did. That's that's my main in- issue in finding a story. I try to find something somewhat original, but 
it's hard to find something original when we've almost done every story. Right. So here's my new rule. But there's always a twist, Wackerly. Well, here's a new rule. It's not a twist, but if there's an if there's an archetypal story that we've done before, maybe multiple times, but it clearly ratchets it up a, notch a couple notches and sets a new bar for that type of story, I'm going to do it. And that's what this well, story is. That's why you're an award-winning broadcaster is because <laughs> you can find that particular angle in that story that makes it original. Why irreverent and funny. Why haven't we won any awards? Isn't there like a podcast contest? Dude, say we've won awards. <laughs> the sheep won't know the difference. <laughs> the new listeners. The one, for our friends just tuning in, we won a Peabody. <laughs> podcasting a Pulitzer. Peabody. Uh, podcasting Peabody. It's a new category for 2008. <laughs> the podcasting Pulitzer. Next year, the Nobel. Exactly. Um, we, actually, because I don't, I don't want to go. We put our goals high. I don't want to go to the Netherlands. It seems lame. Dude. Blonde Is that where chicks, they do the big tits. Yeah, but they're not. That's all I gotta say. You're <laughs> single now. You should be enjoying right. yourself. Back to the story. Uh, so should I tell them what the archetypal story is, the story archetype is, or should I just go through it and they'll figure it out? Um, it's up to you, Wackerly. Uh, okay, I'll just go through it. Um, the story is about a 90-year-old lady named Margaret Ber- Burnstorf, and she lives in uh, Cook County, which is uh, where Obama's from. That's in Cook Illinois, County, Chicago. That's I've been to Cook Chicago. County General Hospital several times. Yeah, with what? Scabies on your balls? No, uh, one time I had uh, anal warts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, the Cook I'm County, lying. the Cook County. <laughs> oh, I believed you. I was totally buying it. The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office confirmed uh, this past Saturday that um, the dead corpses, <laughs> which is redundant. They yeah, were in Bernstorff's house in, um, I guess the town is called uh, Judson Avenue in Evanston. Sorry. Evanston, Illinois. That's where Northwestern is. Yes, exactly. And I'll get into that a little later. Uh, the dead bodies in Bernstorff's Evanston house uh, included her sister, Anita, who died in May 2008, not too long ago. Yeah, it's a relatively fresh corpse. she is keeping corpse. the body around. And it's what? May, June, July, August, September, few months ago. October. Yeah. It's like five or six months ago, give or take. Um, and we've heard that type of story before, right? But listen to this. <laughs> also, uh, her brother Frank, who died in 2003 at age 83. Okay, now that's five years ago. Yeah. Little gamey. That's a, yeah, he's got to be a little uh, ripe. I don't know if know I mentioned, I mean. but Anita, the, the sister who most recently died, was 98 when she died. Um, and what's really odd is, I guess it's not really odd. Most of these stories, when somebody's keeping a corpse in the house, there's multiple accomplices that are in on it, right? So, or multiple people living in the home, and maybe one person is sort of a little deranged and doesn't realize that there's a corpse in the hamper back by the laundry. Well, what stands out for me is the fact that there are all three siblings here weren't married, didn't have another family. They all still live together. Oh, they're freaks. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking this something is this is something. This out is of like a house a, full of older. This is something like, out of like a David Lynch movie here. Fucking yeah. Weird. yeah. So do you think Anita, when she died, was like, <laughs> please call the coroner when I go and don't leave me in here like Frank. It's disgusting. Well, where did they leave Frank? Like, was he just sitting on the couch like he normally would watching TV? Or did they wrap him up and like or put him in like a, a mummy encasing? Like well, a, that's a that's also that's interesting that you should ask that because they mentioned that they were in different parts of the house. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't you want to stuff all your corpses like into one area yeah and then shut the door st- because it's gonna smell, like it's gonna smell yeah 
But actually, I haven't even got to the kicker yet. <laughs> the kicker. Because uh, there's a third corpse, uh, Elaine. Number three. Who died in her 60s. It's uh, interesting that they can't exactly tell, and you'll know why when you hear that she died sometime in the late 70s. Jesus, dude. <laughs> so this is the third sibling. Three corpses in the body, all all old people when they died. So this isn't like uh, a little kid that you, I don't know, wanted to like forget about the fact that it was tragic death or something. It was like, yeah, my old fucking sister died. I better call the coroner and have them bring the meat wagon around. Yeah, but instead of doing that, so she was the first that perished. In the se- late 70s, in late so 70s. right around the time that you and I were probably born, this so, woman died and was stuffed under some blankets and uh, you know put in some room of this home. And the other siblings weren't alarmed by this. They're just kind of like, that's fine. Neighbors. Well, they can't be questioned no at notice. this point. They can't be questioned at this point. But maybe it's unclear whether they didn't know, whether they had dementia. But, you know, this was 30 years ago. So they had to, I don't know, maybe they. But, I mean, neighbors took no notice when the second sister just seemed to disappear. Um, well, that's how this is what happened is one, uh, one of their neighbors, Alan Redmond, who's a Evanston contractor, and he'd become friendly with this woman, Margaret, said uh, he was shocked. He thinks that all the whole neighborhood is shocked. He became friends with her after doing repairs on her home, which I assume is recently, not 30, not prior to 30 years ago. So he was in the house and he didn't know. Uh, but a few, few weeks ago, he asked her about her sister because it had been a long time since he'd seen her. And, uh, Margaret said that Anita was just up sick and upstairs, and but the guy says I couldn't have imagined something like this. So he <laughs> had no idea that uh, that these uh, three corpses were just in this home. Well, he susp- he suspect. I think he probably called the cops and was the like, "This off. other old lady used to live there, and I haven't seen her, and I'm worried." And you know, this Margaret woman's kind of demented, and maybe somebody should go over there. And obviously, she's a pack rat. The house was full of garbage and like old newspapers and shit. Yeah, I'm picturing some like shriveled old hag, like uh, like the woman uh, from a what, Clash of the Titans. You know, those three witches. Weren't there witches in Clash of the Titans? Yeah, what are those people called? I don't even remember. The Furies or Gorgons or... The Furies. The Furies. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm picturing here. Are they the Furies? Is that something else? I think it is. I don't yeah, know. It's been cares? a while since I've seen that movie. <laughs> I like the ones in uh, Beastmaster. Oh, yeah. they had which... sexy-ass bodies and they show their titties. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm getting confused think... with. Beastmaster. Right. And that's a modern mythology, so who, who knows what the fuck they were called. Dude, you know, I wonder if... <clears throat> the Fates. This, if this story, if Frank was having sex with his sisters... One of the dead corpses? He just died a few years ago. Oh, Frank, I thought you were talking about the neighbor. Yeah, no, 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 I'm talking about the brother. Oh, well, you know, if some a corpse has been sitting there for 30 years, I don't think there's much left to fuck. Yeah, you know what? I read that a Guy Ritchie described fucking Madonna <laughs> as being a dried up piece of gristle. Nice I imagine that must be kind of similar. It's yeah. like fucking a 30-year-old corpse. Like. <laughs> he knows what it's like. Their pa- uh, so all these old fuckers who are only one of them is left living. Their dad was a, a assistant professor of German studies at Northwestern University, which doesn't sound very impressive. No, he sounds the like highest a, rank he ever had was assistant professor of German studies. So he probably never even had tenure. 
Yeah. Um, he actually died, and he, like, they moved in there in the 60s, and he died in 66. So I guess maybe he died young or something. So, but did he get a proper burial, or is this like a family yeah, tradition? Yeah, the mom was still Just around. Stuff him taking, in a linen closet. <clears throat> the mom was still around taking care of business back then, and uh, and then she died a little while later, and somebody, you know, maybe one of her sisters or something took care of her. Um, you, you know what, though? I think, I don't know if this is part of her I, her plot or part of her, uh, her goal in doing this, but she'd never have to buy Halloween decorations. Just hang out. <laughs> Just stick her brother and sister outside. Yeah. Maybe spray them down with Lysol so they didn't smell too bad. Yeah. Spray well, it's paint. been determined that the three died of natural causes and uh, Margaret's been charged, has not been charged with a crime other than being a nasty asshole lady. <laughs> Uh, or and I'm sure she's just stuck in a home somewhere like she should have been probably 15 years ago. It doesn't say that, and you'd think that they would report on that. I think she's still living in this fucked up house full of garbage, and I assume the corpses have been taken out, but corpse residue all over the blankets. Did you know? Do you remember though? Growing, I know Evanston's a suburb of Chicago. It's not a, not an exceptionally small town, but do you remember in like Bay City or where you grew up in a Midland? Do you remember just like that one home that that weird, crazy old bat lived in and she had like 30 cats? Yeah, well, I lived in multiple neighborhoods throughout my childhood. And yeah, every neighborhood has a different one. But yeah, we had we had this one lady we called Rhodey and uh, we used to like we thought she was a witch and she lived with her daughter who was like, I mean, Rhodey is probably in her 60s and her daughter was 30 years old, had Down syndrome, was also kind of crazy, unbathed. Right. Did your parents ever make you, is this just me or did your parents ever make you like, oh, you, you know, you I have these memories of going over to these old crazy people's homes to like bring them, what? (laughs) to like bring them some uh, Christmas cookies. So obviously that wouldn't apply to you, but just, I don't know. There's some, like your parent, my parents back then, maybe it was that they were like proto hippies or something, but felt that like, you know, Part of my upbringing should be like integrating with you know the neighborhood and to being be charitable a good, Samar- to old good Samaritan type thing. My parents aren't particularly religious. It was just I remember going having to like being over at these old ladies' houses and like having to talk to them or like do cho- like rake their leaves and shit. Oh, like Jesus, fifty and, cents. And what she'd give you a little bit of ribbon candy. Yeah. <laughs> so you never had to do this. No. What what we would typically do is go to Rody's house like at one in the morning and like pee on her front window or throw eggs on her. Like uh, right. But you're talking about when you're like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I'm talking like, about these memories from here from when I'm like eight. No, I was when I was a young boy. I was growing up in Africa, and uh, oh, yeah. so you were just trying to escape the blacks. Yeah, <laughs> we were hiding from the, from the blacks there okay. <laughs> and the lions. But no, I mean, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying there's always just this one like creepy weird old lady. And and this woman in this story here, you'd think that's the one house I'm not going to go trick or treat at. No. (laughs) I'm just going to skip right by that crazy one because she's probably going to give you a ribbon candy. Yeah, even if you weren't fearing for your life. Yeah, she's going to give out some shitty, nasty candy. Anyway, so on the sick and wrong star scale, I mean, dude. Okay, you it's ratcheted, ratcheted it up, up so notch. whatever yeah. we did for the last story where somebody kept a corpse in the house, for which I believe years. was the woman on the the grandma on the toilet or something. Who and she kept her for like maybe four years. Whereas this, like, she kept a corpse since the late seventies, thirty years, and multiple corpses, and multiple so corpses. Which you got to give it a better. I, dude, what, a four, I'm giving I five. it. I'm giving it a four point eight five. I'm giving it a four point nine. If there was some just ins- to leave room for the four corpse story, I guess, but I I don't see that happening. Yeah, but if there's like incest or something, or if there's murder and it's something that pushed something it up to the edge, it up. I'm okay. just saying it's like you know it's kind of you got to leave some room. So it's almost like in this story, it seems like she just didn't want to let go. 
what you need to do sometimes. You know, I actually was going to bring that up. I don't think that's what it is. I think she's just lazy. <laughs> and a pack rat. And it's like, I don't want to get rid of anything, you know, because I so might I'm be able to use this. i stick my brother in the linen closet. I might make, like, you know, some silverware out of his rib cage someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. So uh, my story here for episode 148 involves the Amish. <laughs> been a while since we've done a story with the amish i think they shot up that school yeah i think that was the last one i mean the thing is with the amish what kind of breaks my heart when someone fucks with the amish is dude those people keep to themselves they're pacifists they don't fight with you i mean you could go to pennsylvania right now and pick a fight with an amish guy he's not gonna he's not gonna unless it's during rumspring but if if it's just (laughs) like i I could like pull on his beard yeah i mean you could tug on his beard and he's just like you know thou shalt not punch you i mean he's shine a flashlight in his face (laughs) (laughs) put his head in a microwave oven no but i mean seriously they, they they're pacifists they're peaceful people and so when you hear about some act of violence committed towards an amish man you know, if I had a heart, <laughs> I would, uh, you know, I'd feel something. So you... <laughs> I'm just saying. You're saying you don't, but you kind of do? Is that... I don't... All I'm saying is that if, you know... Do you if, have strong feelings for the Amish or not? <laughs> Answer the question! I'm just saying, why don't you go fuck with someone else who deserves it? The Amish people, they're peaceful people, yeah. just let them be. Do you feel the same way about, like, butterflies and that skirt you're wearing? <laughs> And, and, and little lambs. <laughs> okay, I've become a Harry Krishna in your absence, Wackerly. Okay, yeah. Take, <laughs> take, take the tampon out, please. <laughs> take the tampon out and tell the story. Okay, well, this, uh, this happened in LaGrange, Indiana, uh, where I, I guess there's a, a large Amish community. Police arrested a man for allegedly abducting a 29-year-old Amish man, sexually assaulting him, reportedly because the assailant could not find an Amish girl. And Wackley, before you ask, it wasn't Harrison Ford. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, you know, it was... 29-year-old for the Amish, that's like a great-grandpa. He's already got like two generations of well, I was wondering about what, what year do they do Rumspring out? Like when, when does Rumspring out? It's happen? like 15. So for people that, that are uneducated, Rumspring is when uh, the Amish decide to, I guess, go wild, live their life for a few it's years. It's actually pretty cool. Cause the, so the Amish are... Um, you know, they're super religious and they have a restrictive, devout, like, yeah, yeah devout. Um, but when you turn, if you're an Amish kid, when you turn 15, they, like, turn you out and you can do whatever the fuck you want. For two years, right? Well, for however long you want. You can you can decide. Well, after two years, they ask you, do you want to come? So, like, 15 to 17. And, they, and at the end of that, they say, well, do you want to live Amish or do you want to live how you were living? And these kids, like, do fucking meth and drive, like, you know, cars with, li- you know, lift kits. Yeah, and they I mean, fuck they... all over the place. Yeah. Um, there's a movie about it called The Devil's Play- Playground, which is the pretty Devil Is it a documentary or is it an actual movie? No, it's a documentary. I have to check that out. So, so when you're an adult Amish, you've like had that chance to go. Buck so wild. this 29 year old Amish man here, who was sexually assaulted, he's passed way past Rumspringer, probably 10 years past Rumspringer. He's probably on to his fifth kid, his sixth. Uh, his cart kids and have buggy. kids, yeah, yeah, and exactly. So apparently, uh, Ryan Bailey, 32 years old, of Middlesbury, Indiana, is being held in uh, Lagrange County Jail on charges of criminal deviant conduct. 
criminal confinement, and being habitual offender. <laughs> what, he raped another Amish guy previously? <laughs> this isn't the first Amish guy that's been raped at the hands of Ryan Bailey. You'd think they go after him with pitchforks. The attack allegedly occurred shortly before midnight uh, this past April 26. After the assailant found the man riding his bicycle on a rural road uh, 35 mo- miles northwest of Fort Rain- Wayne, Bailey tackled the victim forced him at knife point into his car, drove to a secluded area, and sexually assaulted the man. (laughs) Uh, The victim, uh, and this is just adding insult to injury here, the victim told investigators that Bailey said that he had been looking for an Amish girl, but the man would just have to do. So dude, I mean, isn't that just adding insult to injury? Not only did this guy get ass raped by some meth head, Um, The dude's saying, yeah, well, I was looking for an Amish chick, and this guy's close enough. I mean, do you think this was just a really effeminate Amish guy? I don't have any... No, he has to have a beard. <laughs> they all have beards, and he's not. It's not like he's too young to have a beard. Yeah, it's but maybe like he 15. had a, like an effet wispy beard, you know. And maybe he was wearing like an Amish smock instead of the pantaloons or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what they wear. The Amish uniform. It's I mean, just, don't don't you think they have stuff. gay Amish good dudes? No. Dude, they have to have it. What do you get booted out of the village if you're no? Gay? But if you were a gay Amish man, you you wouldn't come back from Rumspringa. You'd be like, I'm moving to San Francisco with my horse. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm sure there are some gay Amish that they're just like, oh, you know, that's Terence, the gay of the village. No, <laughs> they don't. Dude, I guarantee in one in in at least a couple Amish communities, there's the one gay of the village that does the sewing and no, the and women do the, the sewing. You, you're not understanding that they're religious they're super religious it's it's forbidden by the bible to do that so you don't think this guy the unspeakable act i'm just saying that perhaps this 29 year old amish man who they're they're probably gay amish men who are married and have a bunch of kids and just are secretly gay well i'm saying this guy was probably dressing suggestively in a amish smock or frock what like his 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 (laughs) traditional amish pants were like bedazzled with (laughs) with with fucking Sequence? With rhinestones. And he was just kind of walking, you know, in, in Amish high heels. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this guy thought he was a chick. Because, I mean, how yeah. could you mistake the Amish guy for Was a girl? his beard feathered? <laughs> <laughs> like the Bee Gees. Uh, Sheriff Terry Martin said the Amish community makes up almost half of LaGrange County. And uh, some people specifically target its members because many are reluctant to report crime. As I said, they're pacifists. Yeah, but you know, they, they also don't, don't have shit. So what are you like? Yeah, guess, what are you, you gonna can't steal? rob them? You just take their their ass their virginity, dope butter, <laughs> their ass virginity. <laughs> Such reluctance is beginning to change but, but, to the but community. Going back to what you previously said, so you're saying that this was a gay Amishman who probably was asking for it, who enjoyed this? No, I'm not saying he enjoyed it, but I mean, he didn't seem to be like fighting the guy off. You'd think that an Amish guy... But it, but you said he's the, probably the only gay Amishman in the Amish village. He's I'm finally a, getting some. This is conjecture here. And I'm just saying, it's like, if the guy... Dude, okay. Let's say a 32-year-old man pulled out a knife and was like, get in my car. Wouldn't you run or wouldn't you just like try to fight the guy? I'm not going to get in some dude's car. This yeah, guy but they're was pacifist. <laughs> okay, so this dude's like, all right, I'm going to get my car. What, I mean, he was on a bike. I don't know why he just didn't ride away. I guess he was, he was tackled. tackled. He was off tackled. Bike, yeah. But you'd think Amish guys, aren't they like expert ra- like rake wielders? Like, aren't they good <laughs> with a rake? He didn't have a rake. He was on his bike. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You'd think he could put up a little bit more of a fight. The guy's only four years his senior. So you're, you're, you're saying he enjoyed it? I'm saying that 
I'm not saying he enjoyed it, but I don't say he opposed it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he was okay? indifferent to the he ass was indifferent rape. to the ass rape, and he's probably going to be like, "Jesus, forgive me for having my ass raped." And how long did this guy look for a female? I mean, I think that's a whole that's a big bunch of bullshit. Oh, I was looking for a girl because I'm really straight, right? Wink. <laughs> wink but all wink. I could find was Amish dudes. <laughs> Amish, but that's what's, bullshit. What's interesting to me is he's probably since they say he's an habitual offender. Is this like a Saturday night practice for this guy? It's just like, or you know, I'm going to just go right out and go rape an Amish. It's Amish raping time. Well, the previous time it was a Mennonite. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like an Amishman, but I don't know the They difference. just don't feel as good. Or Pennsylvania Dutch. That's another so, thing. So they say the reason that uh, the Amish are targeted is because they, they're reluctant to report crime. Apparently, uh, the sheriff here says they trust everybody. They're just real friendly and that's just the way they are. And when you have something like this happen to them, I take offense to it. And that's the thing. It's like Ooh, so, the sheriff is saying that. Yeah, the, the sheriff said this. So what probably happened is uh, Ryan Bailey, the assailant, probably you know forced the guy at gunpoint, you know, into his car, and the guy probably thought they were going on a road trip. You know, he he was innocent. He's Amish. He, he was like, okay. yeah, but Amish can't get into a car. Okay, well, but I mean, <laughs> that he's right trusting. there, is the, that's a first insult to be added to the injury. Well, he's trusting, though. You know, he's just like, all right, I'll make this exception one time. This guy's my pal. He's going to take me for a road trip. Maybe we'll go and, uh, you know, like milk some cows or sow some wheat. I think there's a movie treatment in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Jebediah and, I don't know, Flash or something drive across the country. Apparently, DNA evidence taken from the victim matched Bailey exactly, said investigators. So what I wonder about that DNA evidence, does that mean that Bailey came in this guy's asshole. Like, is that where they swabbed? So he was swabbed? Or on his ass. <laughs> in or on. Or maybe there's a pube with a hair follicle. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's horrible. Like, stuck on the pantaloons or something. Um, do Amish people have to go to Amish hospital, or do they go to the normal hospital? Because it I'm, seems like there's a lot of electric lights and electric devices in the hospital. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Exactly do people know what the it. fucking Amish are that don't <laughs> aren't from the Midwest? That they shun all electricity and modern. You know, they don't have cars. I, I imagine have electricity. Yeah, I imagine people who uh, don't live in this country don't understand that the Amish. Yes, the or Amish people live that a don't even. Uh, you know, they don't live in the Midwest. I guess um, no there's idea. like Amish jokes in a lot of movies. That's... If you don't know, I mean, if you haven't seen the movie Witness, yeah, yeah. you don't know You're anything right. about Witness, film. You're right, Witness, that was all, okay, yeah. I'm fucked up. It's a great movie. Um, uh, D- Detective Sergeant Randy Mellinger here says, my victim explained to me that the man had angry eyes. The victim just had a hunch that he'd been in trouble before. He had angry eyes. Well, Amish people are close to God, so I feel like they have a good, you know, six judge sense of character. About, yeah, judge of character. Well, it turns out he is correct. Bailey has a criminal history including drunken driving, methamphetamine charges, and domestic violence. So I think this Amish person uh, definitely had some keen insight into Bailey's character. Huh. So, you know, dude, I mean, my heart goes out to this guy. I think the dude, his sentence should be he should be forced to live amongst the Amish for like three years. <laughs> Like for like 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say, what am I, from the United Kingdom? Yeah, I was about to say, for like 10 years. years. So on the sick and wrong star scale, dude, this Amish guy was just probably walking back to his, you know, wife and 18 children. And, you know, I mean, he probably had no, or on his bike, whatever, unsuspecting, innocent Amish guy, did not deserve to be raped. Uh Uh-huh. And furthermore, you know, I mean, the insult of being mistaken for an Amish chick... Not mistaken, he but a substitute, mistaken. a substitute. A substitute for Ryan was looking chick. for a bearded lay. 
And the the whole looking for a chick thing, he's just trying to save his, you know, hidden homosexuality for later. Okay, well, the originality here of a guy <laughs> cruising around raping Amish guys, uh-huh. I'm giving this 4.75. I'll give it a 4.5. It's definitely, I've never heard anything like it before. Well, you'd think of, of a gay guy's going out looking for a blowjob. I mean, gay guys can get laid on the bus. So this dude could go to a rest stop. I'd like to call your brother, although we won't. Let no. me reiterate that. We won't because he's too surly. But is it? Is there like... Uh, a subset of the gay community who have like Amish, Amish fetish, fetish. <laughs> or just beard. I guess the the bears, the bears is a beard fetish, but that uh, I, I don't think bear when I think of Amish person. So like, you're talking about like uh, you remember that Weird Al song uh, that he did Amish like Paradise. Amish Paradise. <laughs> yeah. So is that like porn for gay dudes that are into Amish guys? That's very small subset of gay dudes. Yeah, they love that song. Gamish. So the listener's submission this week was sent in by Raylene from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. She says, there's nothing better than Chinese plastic surgery. So as soon as you you read something like that, you're like, okay, there's some kind of botched medical procedure here. Yeah. I'd almost agree with it. But when she says better, I would say cheaper. Cheaper. (laughs) Nothing cheaper (laughs) than Chinese plastic surgery. Here's the headline. Cosmetic surgery addict injected cooking oil into her own face. A Korean woman addicted to plastic surgery has been left unrecognizable after her obsession led her to inject cooking oil into her own face. Hang Miyoku, who's now 48, had her first plastic surgery procedure at the age of 28. Hooked from the beginning, she moved to Japan where she had further operations all on her face. Following operation after operation, much like Michael Jackson, her face was eventually left enlarged and disfigured. But she would still look at herself in the mirror and think she was beautiful. So, so what do you call that? When you're addicted to plastic surgery, is that like body dysmorphia? I mean, I don't understand it. I don't know if they've come up. I don't know if they've come up with a term. Body dysmorphia is just where like you think that anorexics have it. So like I'm not skin. I'm too, I'm fat, even though they weigh you know, 80 pounds and they're six foot tall or uh, bodybuilders have it where they're like, they're I'm not, not huge enough, enough, even though huge they, enough. they're all blown up. But so um, I, I wonder and I what think it is. so that's like a part of having plastic surgery addiction. But I think there's probably a different Term syndrome after that because it's like I read something on like the Times Online, UK Times Online, where uh, like they get they actually get a high after having the surgery, like a, an endorphin rush. Well, it says that she would look in the mirror and still think she's beautiful, whereas everyone else would look at her like you know the elephant woman. So if she, this is what I don't understand. If she thought she was beautiful, why was she going to get more plastic surgery? Because she so was it's not it's not it. it's not body dysmorphia. It's a totally different thing. That's my point. Okay, yeah. So there must be a different ailment. She's like, I look good, and I'm gonna look better. That's not and body dysmorphia. I, she just kind of wanted to improve her image. She just so likes she just doing it and likes, surgery. Yeah, which is I, exactly I like how, Michael Jackson. I like how Raylene's intro was something about Chinese plastic surgery, and, and hey, she, she's Korean, and she went and to she's Japan. Get done in Japan. <laughs> it's all the same to Raylene. <laughs> Eventually, the surgeon she visited refused to carry out any more work on her, and one suggested that uh, her obsession could be sign, a sign of a psychological disorder, which think? is an apt suggestion. But, you know, I, I wonder at what point 
do the greedy bastards stop? That's hilarious. That's you what know? I was just about to say. Yeah, like, it's way too late when they do. Once, they, <laughs> once the plastic surgeons are saying, like, maybe you had a little too much, you're totally fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you know, there's a plastic surgeon in the U.S. that'd be like, yeah, Michael Jackson, you want another facelift? Okay. Yeah. You want some more Botox? How about I reduce the size of your nose another <laughs> half a centimeter? <laughs> I mean, she should have almost come to some doctors in the U.S. because I don't think they would have any qualms about doing more surgery on this lady. I think each individual plastic surgeon has a limit. And there are probably some out there that'll be like, I really don't think, you know. They actually do have morals? Yeah, they have more. Well, Morals is a gradation. <laughs> there's some that have That's like true. that will not do like any extreme procedure, but then there's always that one who's like, "Well, I'll do that. <laughs> well, I'll do that." And pretty soon you're talking to Doctor Nick of The Simpsons. Well, apparently like... <laughs> she found her Doctor Nick back in Korea. When she returned home, uh, the surgery meant that Hank's features had changed so much that her own parents and family didn't even recognize her. And you got to see this picture. Does her face woman. just look like a Cabbage Patch doll? Like, it's like enlarged skin. I mean, she doesn't. You can't even tell she's Asian. It's it's hideous. I'll, I'll post the picture on the site. <laughs> After realizing that the girl with are the, you saying non Asian looking people are hideous? Is that what you're trying? To no, say? I'm just saying it's like you can't even tell her ethnicity because she's okay. she's that she's much kind of different. A huge looking. puffed up. Face. Puffed, she looks like a pumpkin. Yeah. I mean, it's like but it, like a gourd or something. After realizing that the girl with the grossly swollen face was indeed their daughter, her horrified parents took her to another doctor uh, so that she could have treatment. Well, the treatment was too expensive to keep up, and she soon fell back into the old ways. She's addicted. Amazingly, she found a doctor who's willing to give her silicone injections, and what's more, he gave her a syringe and silicone of her own so she could self-inject. And this is all her face, right? She's not doing like just on her face implants or and, and that's why she's so repulsive looking. I mean, you'll see in this picture <laughs> when her wait. supply of silicone ran out, Hang resorted to injecting cooking oil directly into her face. I guess now, her- where is the logical leap there? You know, I guess if... She it, thought it was the same consistency or it's uh, some other... Why did she use, like, Diet Coke or, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, crazy glue? I, You know, I have no idea the thought process behind this, but I imagine... She's mentally yeah, deranged. Consistency. She's deranged, and I think she was just... It was satisfying her addiction. Yeah. Why aren't but, her parents, like, have her under lock and key and close supervision? It's well, this obvious is, she's fucked this up. This is my favorite part of the story. Her face became so grotesquely large... That she was called the standing fan by children in her neighborhood due to her exceptionally large face and small body. So this is some kind of a Korean thing. I think it's a Korean thing. Fan fan. is not my (laughs) go-to image, you know. Well, you know, candy apple, lollipop lady, (laughs) like small body, big head. Fan, orange I, on a toothpick but you fans think, are very prevalent amongst the asian communities right That's you know I, standing the fan Geisha might girls. just be a horrible slur though in, in korea I, uh-huh. i'm not sure well apparently she was on korean tv viewers um took mercy on her sending enough donations to enable her to have surgery uh during uh, several procedures surgeons removed 60 grams of a foreign substance from her face and 200 grams from her neck Oh, I'm sure she looks fantastic now. Uh, she's still scarred and disfigured, but um, even now, Hank can see the damage she's done. And she says now she'd simply like to have her original face back. Yeah, well, that's Lesson life. Learned. Life is a journey. <laughs> I'd like to have my face from when I was 18, but years of drinking and smoking have gotten me this face. Yeah, but I wonder <laughs> you if can't Michael, go back. Do you think Michael Jackson's like, man, I wish I had my old skin back? <laughs> He's probably like, that bitch is a superstar. I wish I was as good as her. 
I don't know. No, Michael. I just don't think that. I think he probably thinks he looks great. And you know, well, I, plus he claims he has some uh, like sin, like like uh, disease, right? Yeah, he claims he has like some kind of skin whitening disease, right? But that doesn't explain why his no- nose is like one eighth the size of what <laughs> that it was in like 1978. I think Tiger Wood also has that same disease. I don't know. What, metaphorically. Is white wife? <laughs> <laughs> My kids have magically turned So on the sick and wrong star scale, it's hard to accurately rate this story until you see the picture. She's so hideous. I've seen the picture. It's disgusting. But the fact that she inflicted this on herself right. makes me, like, if, there, if a doctor had been doing this to her, you know, with some kind of criminal intent, some kind of right. maliciously. Right, like a torture chamber, yeah. saw five. I would definitely give it high. Like, I, the picture's hideous. I've seen it. So I'm going to give this. A 3.85. Really? See, I score it higher because it's self-inflicted. I score it... If it, if some guy would have strapped her down and done this, you know, for his own pleasure, I'd give it a 4. But I'm definitely giving it a 4.7. Yeah, but she did it to herself, which That's makes, why, makes me because think she deserves it. It's more fucked up to me that somebody would, would get it into their head that this was something desirable. All right, I'm raising my score to a 4 just because she <laughs> injected cooking oil directly into her face. That too, yeah. And 200 grams of it had to be She removed. lost it when she did that. That was, the, that was the, the telling point. Are you saying you wouldn't have sex with her at this point? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's where she like completely <laughs> lost her mind. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. People, go vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 148. Well, this is Jim Rose of the Jim Rose Circus, and uh, before I put my face in broken glass and let somebody stomp on the back of my head, I have to listen to Sick and Wrong. Wackily, we're nearing the end of the show, and as usual, we tend to get to phone calls to the Sick and Wrong hotline at 206-666-3846, or emails at uh, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Dude, this week we received like, I don't know, like 20-something phone calls, so we can't get through everyone, but uh, there's a couple that we have to get through. So this first one here is in reference to a comment you made a couple weeks ago about the boomerang that supposedly is coming in the mail for us. So let's get to call number one. Uh, G'day, D, Lance. Um, Damien from Perth here. How you doing? I shifted from the forums. No, that's a um, Just ringing. I just finished listening to... Um, no, I'm fucking wasting um, Podcast 146. Are you wondering who's sending the boomerang? Well, that would be me. Um, remember back in 143, uh, you mentioned... I can't wait for the boomerang. So wait, this is the guy that's sending us the boomerang. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Okay. And actually, we did get a package this week, and I thought it was the boomerang, and it turned out to be some other bullshit that I don't even understand. Yeah, let's talk about that after the call, because this is bizarre. We're we're receiving strange packages in the mail now. I knew this was going to happen. Well, that's great, but Damien's talking about a boomerang that's supposedly on its way. Now, me and you and my boys thought it would be pretty funny. Well, I don't know. We think it's funny. You obviously do. We're going to send you. Well, we said we'd send you a boomerang, and so we are. So there you go. The boomerang's from us, and as long as it makes its way through uh, customs and that shit, 
It should be fine. It's managed by work. Dude, this guy it's wasted on fossils. I don't know how America's like about bugs. But in the Australia, they don't have a lead wood in because the bugs in it. Um, I don't know. They might. Who knows? Uh, also, it's a weapon. <laughs> and, yeah. If you kill any crackheads, you didn't fucking get it from me. Although now I've left a message saying you did, so fuck. <laughs> I didn't tell you to kill crackheads with it. That's your idea. Yeah. Are there going to be um, like instructions? Because I have no idea how to throw a boomerang. Is, is the crackhead's head actually going to come back to me with the boomerang? Yeah, I think you know what I think it is. I think if you miss the crackhead, the boomerang's going to come back. But if you actually hit him with it, yeah. much like they hunt koala bear <laughs> in uh, Australia, I think it's just like they just kind of die on the spot. Then you go pick up the crackhead. So, so Damien over here in that thick drunken Australian brogue, whatever you want to call it. I think he was saying that he sent the boomerang. It's it's en route right now. Is That's that- what he said. He said it's pro- it might take a while to c- get through customs, although I think I don't think it'll even get inspected or anything. Like he says, he makes mention that it's just made of wood. It's not like it's going to set off any x-ray machines or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, Damien, I'm looking forward to receiving this boomerang and... Uh, you know, we might have to do some uh, some bum hunting. <laughs> but this is my question. Are we going to go out to Golden Gate Park and practice with it? Or is it just going to be a wild toss down, uh, down you know, O'Farrell? I imagine I'm going to kill the rest of that Thai whiskey and just walk outside and start <laughs> whipping that boomerang around on the tenderloin. <laughs> you think it's going to come back to you? It's just going to go through what some bus miss? window and be gone forever. <laughs> well, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> But so, so what I'm wondering here is is if he made this boomerang like through his own hard work or if he like just kind of went to like the boomerang store because I imagine they probably have boomerang stores like we have the gap here. Yeah, my my expectations are super high. I mean, I, I hope this thing has like, you know, aboriginal carvings in it or something or it's like or like is made out of carbon fiber, like a really nice boomerang. If it if it comes in it's just some like novelty thing, I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> well so so he was saying he's from Perth, right? Yeah, he's now he's Perth, from Perth is all the way on the west side of Australia and apparently he says there's fuck all to do there. So it must be kind of boring in Perth. Right. And and he said we I guess I don't remember this, but said that they could throw boomerangs at Aboriginal oh, people. Okay, and that's what He's inspired that's, this. That's not acceptable <laughs> so amongst what? the local law enforcement. Okay, so I guess it's, it's not condoned there. Yeah. Well, I also think you mentioned that like the the Aboriginals that didn't get hit with the boomerang would kick the shit out of them. Yeah, that, that probably. <laughs> Which is. is probably what's going to happen with the crackheads that we don't hit. So I'm going to be ready to sprint after we throw the thing. You got to admit, Damien sounds like he's just drunk on Fosters. I imagine they probably drink a lot of Fosters in Perth. Uh, or Victoria I, yeah, Bitter. I would think so. This Victoria stuff Bitter. is Ripa. It's Bonzo. I don't know any you don't know those terms? epithets. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I know those ones. I don't know what to add. So. I was watching Crocodile Dundee, so I got a couple of them. <laughs> Part one or two or both? I'm going to go hit some Lezos with this boomerang. That's <laughs> Ripa. You know what my favorite thing about uh, bringing up the, uh, the myth that Australians drink Fosters is the fact that uh, we're going to get like seven emails from people or forum posts and say, 
We don't drink Foster's Give It Up Already, and they're annoyed at how many times we bring it up. But you know what? It's never going to stop. No, well, it would stop. If nobody ever said anything about it, if we never got a complaint, we would stop out of boredom. But the more people that complain that we make this assertion... It's fuel to the fire. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like... It is. I, I would stop beating the dead horse, but as long as this horse is still kicking, it's not technically dead, and I'm going to keep beating it. You know, the only way I'll stop is if I go to Australia and... And proven wrong by the fact that there's no fosters anywhere to be found. But why would that stop me? Yeah, <laughs> that I wouldn't guess stop it wouldn't. me. Because when you come back, I'm going to say, how many fosters did you drink? And you say there wasn't any. I'd be like, you fucking liar. <laughs> but what about if an Australian came here and boomeranged you because uh, we keep haranguing them with the fosters? Then I would stop. Yeah. <laughs> Boomerang to the head. That would stop me. But Damien, now I'm going to have to like, keep my eye out for boomerangs watch out flying for through it. the air. But you're not an Aborigine, so you're probably okay. okay. So, Damien, uh, thanks for sending that boomerang. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be keep checking the Sick and Wrong P.O. box. Hopefully, we'll be receiving it soon. I'm excited about this. I really am. You know, compared to the other crap that we just got in the uh, to the Sick and Wrong P.O. box, what exactly is that? You, you told me that we received a package. I thought, I thought it was thought the boomerang. boomerang. I thought boomerang. My hopes were up. I was excited about today's show. I was thinking, cool, we get to go boomerang some crackheads. And I went to get the package, and it was in this flat box, which I thought, like, okay, that's the boomerang. It's like a flat, you know, package. Object, yeah. And then I opened it up, and it's this, uh, I don't even know if there's a word for it, but like a car magnet. <laughs> I still you you tried to describe this over the phone. I've what, shown what it to the... you. It's right here, and you still don't get it. It's I, I don't get. When do you put a car magnet on? When you're delivering pizzas? Is that is that when? Yeah. Okay. So let's say you drive normally a, a white Ford eighty three Escort, and you, you drive your car around to the mall and to the bowling alley, and maybe you pick up a hussy to take her out on a date. You don't want like a big Domino's pizza sign on your car. But you work at Domino's Pizza delivering pizzas, so when you so go you to work... you peel the magnet off. There's a magnet. There's a Domino's Pizza magnet, a thin, big magnet that you slap on the door, and now all of a sudden your, your awesome chick magnet, Ford es- white Ford Escort, is now a Domino's Pizza delivery truck. So this That's is- what this thing is. It's a, it's a, mag- it's a big... Sick and wrong car eight magnet. Eight and a half by 11 magnet that you're supposed to put on your car. And it's, it's got the logo and it says something like, it's on your fridge right now. Yeah, what does it say? Like, sick it and says wrong. like, I'm a, I support sick I and wrong I support sick and wrong. Yeah. Do you know what we need to do is let's put this on my brother's car. You know, just kind of like slip it it's on there. It's not going on my car. <laughs> if that was the intent. But I, I do. I think we should put it on your brother's car. And I think we should put it on the passenger side because he'll just won't notice he, it. Because he'll never he'll drive around it. with it for a long time. Yeah, it'd be a good promotion for us. We also received a pen there, a sick and wrong pen that uh, you bogarted. So um, I, actually, that's kind of cool. It says, it says biggest fan. Biggest also. fan on it. You, you know, think this is from Iron Man from the farms? I, I wonder who it is that printed us up some sick and wrong swag, and I appreciate it. And I definitely sent some more. It was surprising. But uh, yeah, claim it. I want, I want to know who sent yeah, this but, to us. And there was no note in the package. So if you're going to send us stuff, especially weird stuff that we don't really understand, you should send a note as to like what the intent is. Well, I mean, it could have been weirder. It could have been like a sick and wrong tampon or like a voodoo doll. Or just somebody's skin. voodoo doll. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's flat package. Here, stick this to your car. You'll get arrested right quick. So let's move on to uh, call number two here. All right, this relates to we're we're slowly growing this like cadre of uh I don't know, I want to say like league of not extraordinary gentlemen, but league of sick and wrong gentlemen. So all these people are the official 
blank of sick and wrong, and you, the blank being some type of job. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember those Budweiser commercial, like working class heroes? Uh-huh. I think that's what it is. Sick and wrongs, working class heroes. So we appeal to a population that McCain was trying to appeal to but failed. He can't get through to these people, whereas we appeal to them. Right. He should have consulted us. I don't think Obama us. did a too good a job either. I think they were kind of just left He's out an of elitist. the I think they were left out of the equation. He's educated, both. though. He's been to universities. He's elitist. So this call is from the official sick and wrong Stevedore. Yeah, Stevedore, which I don't know a lot of people. I don't think most people know what a Stevedore is. I believe a Stevedore is somebody who moves packages around and not just not like small packages but like big boxes and but big like crates a dock. and shipping crates at, shipping crates yeah, yeah. At, at a uh, a port yeah a so seaport th- so this guy's called before it's a clova killer from texas but I, apparently his profession is uh, he's a stevedore so what, oh, what, stick and wrong working class hero what texas city is on the gulf there like galveston or something like that or yeah i have no idea <laughs> i don't go totally to that wrong. red state let's just listen to it Hey, what's up, D and Lance? Or should I say, what's up there, cock and balls? It's Clover Killer. Couldn't make it through the whole damn show. Had to stop in the middle. Who the hell is this dude, Roberts? Fucking pole smoker from Alaska. You know what UPS stands for? Right, United Pole Smokers. <laughs> and this is what I love about this whole League of Sick and Wrong Gentlemen is... It's not like they're very much in league with each other. They all hate each other and com- constantly rip on each other's professions. And uh, yeah, you know. there, there seems to be a rivalry even between like the pizza guy and the UPS driver. I think, right. Like the UPS driver's like, oh, you know, I have way better stories than the pizza guy. And now apparently the stevedore's like, you know, I, you know, I have way better stories than the UPS guy. But I think it's because last week the UPS guy said "fuck Texas." At a lot the end of our, of his, a lot uh, of our listeners. I mean, you're saying they were working class, but it's even more specific. Working than Working class heroes. Yeah, but it's even more specific than that. It's people who move stuff around. <laughs> there's the stevedore. There's the pizza guy. He moves a pizza from the pizza restaurant to your home. There's the UPS guy who moves packages from like the package depot to your home. The train guy. trucker train trucker guy Paul. moves people around. Trucker Paul. Yeah, I'm surprised. Trucker, we haven't heard from Trucker Paul from long, for a long time, but I'm surprised he isn't calling and say like he's the original sick and wrong mover around of shit. And like <laughs> UPS guys are faggots and fuck those pizza guys and the Steve Gar guys a dickhead. But seriously, dude, it's a round world last time I checked. So why can't we all just get along for fuck's sake? Uh, no, I actually like the lack of solidarity. I find it highly entertaining. <laughs> You'd be the worst union leader. Yeah, uh, I, I would, I would like, promote dissent among the ranks. <laughs> All right, here we go. So tell him to bring his ass down here to Texas, and we'll show him what Brown can do for us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, check this out. I'm the official sick and wrong stevedore. If you don't know what that is, that's a person who loads and unloads ships. Man, big cargo, right? I got a sick and wrong story that I posted on the forum just a while back, but uh, when I posted it, the uh, 10 cronies that you have on there that, that, that love each other, that only talk to each other, uh, didn't pay too much mind to it. <laughs> there was this one time we were on the ship, and the ship captain was dying to get some get some ass. He was dying to get poked in the ass. So, yeah. Wait, wait. That's Get some ass or dying to get fucked in the ass? Those are different things. I think the guy wanted to get bummed. Okay. Yeah, I think he was looking for some Burke to bum him. <laughs> okay, now I understand. I had a shitload of gold on, 
right? He kept pulling guys to the side, asking them to come up to his cabin after the ship was over, give him a good ass pounding, and uh, in, in exchange for some gold, all the gold that he had on. And everybody kept laughing and turning him down. One guy ended up disappearing, you know. We came to work the next day. This fucking guy was covered in gold rings and chains, just giggling and laughing all, was all the rest of us, man. As soon as we saw this shit, man, we all knew what happened. His wife uh, didn't know anything, didn't know where the shit came from. He ended up quitting, like, next week because everybody just hounded and hounded and hounded and laughed at his ass over it. Anyhow, that's my sick and wrong Stevedore story. And, uh, fuck Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's more sick and wrong Stevedore stories. I mean, I hope yeah. that's just the tip of the iceberg. So so I don't get it. This ship captain here was on a boat probably for months with a bunch of, like, sailors. Yeah, no women, only men out yeah. of the ocean. And, and he all couldn't the get men in the tra- ass. He couldn't get anybody to fuck him? So he gets to Dallas, and he's, like, going around bartering with people. Now saying, I'm going to barter. Yeah, you can pound me in the ass, and I'll give you my Jew gold. <laughs> <laughs> what, is he Jewish, though? I don't know. <laughs> but, but what's funny about it is I love how one guy was like, all right, sounds like a good deal. Then he shows up the next day like a pimp, all bedecked in gold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get the impression that he was trying to hide it. I mean, I just get the impression that he was like, well, he didn't fuck me in the ass. I fucked him in the ass. That's not gay. That's prison straight. Yeah, I don't know if I would do it for all the for, for his gold. <laughs> it, it, it just sounds kind of funny, though. Think yeah. of the exchange rate, D. Yeah, you know, and, and these... And, and it's interesting that you call it Jew gold, because I think you believe that all gold originally belongs <laughs> to the Jews, and so you'd be, you know, repatriating that gold to your team dude the nazis took our gold okay and they dispersed it to uh the the plebeians out there all right i'm still trying to get my gold back uh thank you uh clover killer for uh calling that in and uh yeah we want some more stevedore stories they're interesting i think we have one more call from uh marina something yes. like that yeah and, you uh, ready you ready yeah, yeah. let's, let's play let's the final go. call here okay go Hi, Sick and Wrong Podcast. This is Marina, the one that calls about the amputee porn. Um, and the only reason, well, I was watching it for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons was that I just had heard there was an amputee porn in the movie Hustler White. So, and I'd always wanted to check out Bruce Lippers, so uh, I killed two birds with one stone. So we, she had called in about amputee porn, and we'd... we'd uh doubted that she was actually watching it for sexual pleasure which i guess she just yeah. confirmed i think well i think she was just watching it out of curiosity right. and bruce LaBruce is kind of like a deviant film producer guy yeah it's kind of gross it's just, someone posted pictures of him on the forum right, and he's from like, a different movie yeah he's like covered solidified in solidified my opinion that i'm wearing like never a gonna, pig mask or something yeah, i'm never gonna see any of these movies yeah I, I don't even think my brother jerks off to that kind of porn mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not convinced Anyway, and my boyfriend just thinks I'm silly. Um, yeah, I imagine he loves that. But in terms of peeing in bed, uh, this isn't my story. This is a story about my friend ODJ. Um, ODJ met this girl at a party. OJ? They were sitting on some stairs talking. Um, he asked her to stop for a little bit. He turned his head, puked on the stairs next to them, <laughs> wiped his mouth back to the girl, continue talking to her. Um, at the end of the, du- the night, to my extreme surprise, um, he had her in his bed and they fell asleep. 
and then he woke up and she had pissed the bed and um my thoughts on girls that will sleep with you after you pause your conversation to puke um will probably piss the bed you know like every time all right bye So she's implying that they had sex with each other, but I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. Dude, she <laughs> spent been... the night in his bed after he puked. Well, <laughs> am I a loser? But I've had girls sleep in my bed while we've been both been drunk, and I haven't gotten any. Yeah, when you're like what, like seventeen? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's move on. If a girl's going to pass out in my bed, I'm going to try to get something. If she passes out... I'm not out, saying I didn't try. I'm saying I okay, was well, probably too it, drunk. If you're shut down or whatever and she passes out, yeah, of course I'm not going to, like, you know, violate her or anything like that. But I'm definitely going to try. Right. You know, I'll give a good old college try if she's in my bed. But, you know, what I think happened here is that... Uh, did she say he, he picked this girl up at a party or a park? I think party. Okay, so he was at a party. He met this chick. They're talking. They're chatting. He's chatting her up. He blows chunks. He blows chunks. And she continues to talk to him and then ends up spending so the night with really him. They're both really drunk. Because if she wasn't really drunk, she would not continue to talk to him. Dude, I'm picturing like some kind of like 35-year-old cougar slag that's like, I don't even care. I just want to have sex with this young guy. That's my target market now that I'm broken up. <laughs> Dude, go for the cougars. Not 35, though. I mean, that's my age. What are you going to do when <laughs> cougar the cougar... for me is like 45. <laughs> Add what, 10. What are you going to do when the cougar pees the bed because she's incontinent? Wash the sheets? I don't even know. <laughs> are you going to say well, something? Who are I'm not dating like some decrepit 45-year-old that can't hold, that's wearing Depend undergarments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, you never know. It's like if... If this girl think, think Kim Cattrall, not not uh, Carla Betty White. From Cheers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but dude, I mean, if you think about it, if this girl's willing to sleep with a guy who just puked in front of her, she probably is. She probably can't hold her liquor. I don't know. It I might don't be know. me. I don't. I don't know. I don't make that connection. It might be but... me. So you wouldn't be deterred? Would you call the girl back after <laughs> she peed your bed? No, no. The whole point of having sex with cougars is you don't. They don't call you, and you don't call them. So it's just a uh, one night of passion. Right. Well, well, that sounds good. Well, thank you, Marina, for uh, calling that in. It's a delightful story there. People <laughs> call the sticker on hotline. I'm going to send it to my mom. At uh, 206-666-3846. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we also received a couple emails. I want to get through real quick here. So I guess a couple weeks ago, we were doing that story about the feces ice cream from uh, Coogee Hotel in uh, Sydney. You recall that, Wackerly? Somebody put their feces in the ice cream. and the, Yeah, know. and it was a little bit of parents. There's something about the bra boys, and we didn't know what the Yeah, bra it was like this was. family was complaining. I guess this hotel is notorious because they had run-ins with the bra boys, and we were wondering who they were. I assumed it was the guys who like ran around with bra braziers on their heads. That's kind of what I thought, which I thought was common in Australia, but uh, <laughs> apparently it's not. Um, so we had a couple Aussies right in here, and to clarify this... Uh, one in particular is Paula, who has uh, sent us emails in the past. She says, how very interesting. Talk about doing a job well. Hey, guys, just a quickie for you. Coogee is just a little way from where we live in Sydney. It's pronounced Coogee. Uh, the we bra- were saying Coogee. I think I was saying Coogee. So it's Coogee, the Coogee Bay Hotel. 
She says the Bra Boys are assholes, and that's all you need to know about them. Although they do have a film made about them called Bra Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing my ass off original, huh? They're racist young lads. Mind you, as I sit and think about it, they did stage a riot a few years back against the Lebs and the Muslims. Good guys. Lebanese. Yeah, I imagine Lebanese or something like that. Paula, time to get back to my nails. Enjoy. Bodacious Tantas. Now, don't go publishing this pic, will you? And she actually sent a naked pic of her huge tits. Right, but it's like seven pixels wide. (laughs) It's tiny. It's tiny. And you know what, dude? We can't confirm a picture unless sick and wrong is written on it. So, Paula, if you really want to impress us, write sick on one of your breasts and wrong on the other. And send us something that's like, you know... 200 pixels wide. That's it's jerk-offable, okay? Oh, I can probably jerk <laughs> off to it. It's just blown up and blurry. It's got a magnifying glass or something. Oh, we also got another email here from Nathan. He says, hey, guys, I live in Sydney, Australia, and have only recently come across your podcast. Got to say, I love the Aussie accent you guys do, and the <laughs> never-ending kangaroo and foster jokes are fucking funny. You know, I'm glad that there's an Australian that appreciates that. Yeah, do you think he's authentically impressed and appreciative? He might be being sarcastic here. (laughs) He says, in regards to the latest podcast and the story, the Coogee Bay Hotel ice cream shit incident, you mentioned a quote from the article that mentioned the Bra Boys. The Bra Boys is a local surf gang of the suburb Maroubra. The members have been involved in many altercations with police and are known to protect their beach from outsiders. Xenophobes. Uh, well, no, there's a, that's a huge part of the surfing community is like you don't let new people in and like somebody you know wants to take up surfing and they go to a beach and you get the shit kicked out of you. It's, yeah, but these guys sound like racist yobs, like just assholes. The Not racism, I don't think happens. The racism, I don't think happens, but the xenophobia definitely happens in California, too. He says they're real fuckwits, but a lot of the surfy kids look up to them. Furthermore, you guys are confused about the term grand final in the article. That's what we call the final game in a sporting event, sort of like the Stanley Cup or Super Bowl, to decide who the champions are. So it's kind of a consequential sporting event here. Also, recent tests of the contaminated... Also, recent tests of the contaminated ice cream revealed it was not human shit after all. Cheers, guys. Keep up the sick shit. Nathan. Was it koala shit? <laughs> I think it was kangaroo. Uh, it's thanks. still shit. <laughs> thanks, Nathan, for uh, clearing that out. People, email us at sickandwrongpodcasthotmail.com. We're nearing the end of the show here, Wackerly, and I want to hype a couple things. If you haven't already, make sure you sign up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. It's a good time. Post messages. Don't be a lurker. Seriously, get involved. It's, it's a good time. We've had... Uh, in the past week, probably like 30 new members. Right. And you, you know what I noticed? Some cheeky lad had the audacity <laughs> to disparage Beavis and Butthead and mock our sweepers that we play here in the show. Did you read that one? Did you see that one? I did see that one. I think the form heading was 1993. Yeah. He's applying we're stuck in 1993, I think. Yeah. This uh, Burke was saying that, uh, that Beavis and Butthead was 15 years ago and that we need to move on. It was 15 years ago. Yeah, but you know, dude, I don't want to get... Like, I I did kind of get riled by this and got into a bit of an argument with him because I was saying that, you know, Beavis and Butthead was a highly influential cartoon that, you know, influenced South Park and Aqua Teen Hunger Force and, and, you know, many other cartoons that that followed it. And it fits in with the show. I mean, it was about... Two irreverent uh, 14, 13-year-olds and we're two irreverent 
30 <laughs> year old Older dudes. <laughs> That's no, why it relates. But the, the main reason I play that, that Beavis and Butthead promos, I didn't make those. We had a fan make those promos for us. Right. We would, never, we would never make promos with so, Beavis and Butthead because it would give away our whole shtick, like where we got it from. So this newbie here, if, if you really dislike that Beavis and Butthead sweeper that much, well, make another fucking sweeper and I'll play it on the show. I don't yeah. give that much of a if fuck it's about better. it. I mean, yeah. if it sucks, we're not going to replace it. But, but, but those sweepers are cool. I mean, you know, I think they're, they're, they're professionally produced. Yeah, I think they're great. And uh, Beavis and Butthead. And I love Beavis and Butthead. But, you know, I mean, to be honest, dude, it's like I think it, it sparked this huge argument. And, you know, what's that inner tubes adage about arguing on the Internet? Like arguing on the Internet's like, uh, what is that? Winning the Special Olympics or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winning an argument on the internet is like winning the Special winning the Olympics. Special Olympics. So it's kind of pointless. But all I gotta say is, if you really dislike those Beavis and Butthead sweepers, make us some other ones. Right. You know, go right ahead. It doesn't have to have any animation uh, aspect to it. It could just be something else. Or yeah, I mean, don't tase me, bro. That's another good one. Oh, <laughs> uh, we also got it. Did you see? I think I reposted this, but some dude sent it to the website. A uh, slag tit sent in the Halloween version of Two Girls, One Cup. It's called Two Pumpkins, One Cup. Did you see that? I saw that you posted it. I didn't watch it. You never I... read my postings. <laughs> no, they're all lame. At Two Wackerly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. Uh, people, subscribe to the show on iTunes, please, and leave us a comment. Five-star comment. We have like, we're nearing 70 right now. Oh, man. Yeah, we're riding that rocket. So, um, third page of Comedy Podcast. So, thanks, people, for supporting us. Also, new Sick and Wrong t-shirts will be coming soon. So, uh, make sure you just wait. Don't, you know, you're going you're gonna to get some Christmas gifts eventually, but don't go to Cafe Press. We're going to be posting <laughs> on our site, and uh, you can buy these cool... I noticed that somebody didn't want to buy a t-shirt because they thought it looked like a Klansman, which was never the intent. I thought that that was a, you know, highly recognized... Commentary. I thought that was a highly recognized image of the Abu Ghraib prisoner. That's what it is, Which is, it should tortured. be offensive enough, but we didn't mean for it to look like a Klansman. I know. Uh, I think an, a, some... I'm not going to wear a, clan, a t-shirt with a, something that looks like a Klansman around Oakland, for God's sake. No, some Burke wrote in that... Uh, <laughs> God, I've used Stop that term. Stop the Burke, <laughs> I've used that term already 30 times. But no, some Burke wrote in, and he said that uh, he didn't want to use... He didn't want to wear the shirt because he was worried that he was going to get beaten up or something. Because he goes to college with a bunch of black people that would think he was like... Oh, they would take offense. offense. Dude, first of all... KKK members wore white robes. Yeah. That figure is wearing a black robe. Right. He also has an iPod attached to his hands. Right. I guess people don't get it. So I, I think, I mean, I don't think you can argue with it. If that's the perception, we got to change it. And you are changing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm changing it. So I have, Although the I, old ones will be worth millions. Yeah. They'll be worth a mint. But no, the new logo is uh, actually pretty cool. Uh, finally here, we got a sick and wrong song of the week from uh, Chris. He says, I'd like to suggest a sick and wrong song of the week. It'd be great if you could dedicate it to Kendra. It sums up my and every other male forum poster, with the exception of Fozzie Bear, <laughs> feelings for <laughs> the her. forum gay. <laughs> and uh, he attached this song. It's uh, David Allen Coe's Fucking in the Butt. <laughs> so uh, this David Allen Coe song is going out to Kendra. Uh, courtesy of Chris. That song has a wholly, whole different connotation if he wrote it after he got out of prison or while he was in prison. You know, I've never been a big fan of David Allen Coe. I don't, wouldn't say I was a big fan, but he entertains me. Now, this song is very entertaining. <laughs> He's kind of a racist redneck. And, uh, redneck, and he was in jail, which yeah. I don't have a problem with, but I do wonder whether he w wrote 
fucking in the butt while he was in jail or out of jail. <laughs> well, thanks, Chris, for sending that in. And uh, yeah, that song's dedicated to Kendra from all the male forum posters. Uh, people, stay tuned. We'll be back next week with uh, episode 149. We're almost at 150, Wackerly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we'll have to have a big celebration. We'll have to do something. We'll have to drink that whole bottle of Thai whiskey. <laughs> yeah, do a great show. We'll be back next week. Until then, take it sleazy. I'll be here. Fucking in the butt. Fucking in the butt. I'd like to fuck the shit out of you. Like to fuck the shit out of you. Like to fuck the shit out of you. I'm David, and these are my friends. We've enjoyed doing this album for you. We'd like to especially dedicate this album to all the members of the Mickey Mouse fan club, and also to you, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. And I'd like to fuck the shit out of you. I'd like to fuck the shit out of you. I'd like to fuck the shit out of you. I'd like to fuck the shit out of you. Fucking in the butt.